We love this good man. I want to come preach to us. Let's give him a good Ben Doyle welcome to this pulpit tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, this is not hyperactivity. This is Holy Ghost activity. Amen. Someone on the other side of the religious fence, I suppose, made a statement concerning the apostolics. He said, the problem with you folks, you're hyper. Energetic. Since when was that a problem? That's a positive, not a negative. That's a plus, not a minus. That's good, not bad. This is not hyperactivity. This is Holy Ghost activity. The pastor struck a chord with me earlier. He said, I just feel like this is party night. How many has come to party? We got anybody that wants to party? Have a Holy Ghost party? A Holy Ghost shindy? One, two, three, okay. Somebody said, well, my hands will notify the rest of you. I'm going somewhere. I'm just giving somebody a chance to throw down and create a nightmare in the devil's camp. I know this is not the devil's territory where you've been living lately. You can reign terror, create pandemonium, create a nightmare. I felt it earlier today in the service, in this service, the Lord just has, it's amazing sometimes how he speaks. He said, I'm I'm loosening some boats. Things that have been real tight and locked down. He said, you ever grab a wrench and go to, you, you got to know which way to turn the wrench. When I was real, real small, he said, son, you, you, you got to turn the other way. I'm trying to tighten it, but he said, we need it loose. And the Lord says, I'm, I'm getting ready to loosen some things. There's going to be a loosening. Some of you that's under the cloud of oppression, there's such an anxiety and a strain and stress in your life. God said, I'm getting ready to loosen it. The load's about to become light. Does anybody believe that? My, my, my. It's time to have a Holy Ghost time. God is so good. Thank you for letting me come. Be a part of these services. I'm no stranger, but you're no stranger to me. And uh, it's always an honor, blessing to be able to come to Bendale. We've been coming here for quite a few years now. And uh, thank you. And, uh, it's always a blessing. Haggai chapter 2. Some call it Haggai. It's Haggai, Haggai. 
Well, it's a minor prophet. Chapter 2, verse 9. One verse. The glory of this latter house. Everybody say greater. Shall be greater than the former. Saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place, meaning in this house, will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm going to let you be seated. I'll announce my subject momentarily. In this verse, Haggai prophesied to the leaders of the Jews who have just returned to Jerusalem from exile in Babylon. Now, to paraphrase the verse, he was saying, we will finish rebuilding the temple. And once it's completed, it will be better than ever. It's going to be better than before. He spoke this prophetic word 66 years after the temple was destroyed. Some of them could only remember the former glory. In other words, the glory of yesteryear. The glory of days gone by. The past, in other words. But Haggai said, I have a word of prophecy for you. The best is yet to come. That is not to minimize the past. It is not to launch a personal assault against anything that happened in the past. But the past is the past. And he said, I've come with a resounding word, a word of sure prophecy. The best is yet to come, Haggai was saying. He said, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former, saith the Lord. Then in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8, just a part of that verse tells us that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And somebody ought to say, there is hope. I'm going to get my finger off the panic button. I'm not going to have a meltdown. I'm not going to run for the mountains and hide. There is hope because the end of a thing is better, more prolific, more powerful, more prophetic than the beginning. Some of you may be living in a season of the pathetic, but I've come with the prophetic to tell somebody, not just as a corporate body, a conglomeration of God's people, but individually I've come with a strong, sure word of prophecy to tell you that in spite of what the devil has been trying to tell you, how many wants to know what the Lord is saying? The best is yet to come. It will be better than ever before. I don't want to sound like Trump. Better than ever before. Hello. But on the word of the Lord, we stand tonight. The end will be better than the beginning. Then in John chapter 2, at a wedding event in Cain of Galilee, we understand that Jesus suspended the laws of chemistry when he turned water into wine. The wine was of a high quality, I suppose, because the governor of the feast, who was a guest, was very, very impressed. He said, normally at these type of festivities, they give you the best wine first. 
when everybody's too drunk to know the difference, when men are well drunk, when everybody's too intoxicated to really know the difference, they, they remove the expensive wine and they slip in the cheap stuff to save cost. But he said, at this festivity, we have a reversal. You have saved the best wine for last. I'm going to preach tonight, but I just wonder, does anybody have an inkling? Does anybody have a, a little premonition? Does anybody have a little belief or faith that says, you know what? I believe that God is saving something superb, supreme, something beyond what I'm accustomed to. The best indeed is yet to come. I believe it with all my heart. So I want to preach for just a few minutes tonight, if you believe it's just a few minutes. Maybe it won't be too long. That the best, they've already got it on, on these charismatic screens up here. Not really, I like them. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just getting your attention. That's right, just one. Am I on TV? Hallelujah. TV evangelists. From Clebiot, Mississippi. Hello, no. I like that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I've been to some... Oh, no, we're not going to do that. It took y'all long enough. Hello. We may be without power in a few moments. But I remember about 42 years ago, he was either down this road or up this road, preaching for Brother Earl Landrum. Can you believe that? 1981 or 82, we were in a house, no electric, electricity, but no air condition. I took my coat off that night, and I was pouring sweat, but we had a move of God. Honey, if you're waiting for comfort and convenience... Don't tell me that a spirit and an attitude of over 40 years ago made a difference. Yes, it made a difference where there is a hunger and a thirst, where there is a faith that says God's up to something and it's going to be better than ever before. You can be seated. See, the best is yet to come is a phrase that suggests that even though some things may be good in the present, that there is something even better that is yet to happen. Something more promising, more powerful that will produce an even greater result or outcome. It's often used as an expression by individuals of believing that there is hope and an optimism for the future. It's used as a catchphrase many times for personal motivation and encouragement during trying and difficult times. It is a belief that declares, when I'm tried, I shall come forth. It is a confidence that says, this too shall pass. It is the belief that sees beyond the present moment and declares with conviction that where I am in life right now is not where the story ends. It's not the end, it's just the beginning. There's a famous quote by Zig Ziglar who said it best. He was an inspirational speaker. He was an author. And he said, difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. 
So always remember that your present situation is not your final destination. He said the best is yet to come. And if a secular motivational speaker can tap into that reality and that cardinal truth, I believe there ought to be some Holy Ghost men and women and young people in this house that rises up with a fresh faith and speaks a contradiction to prevailing circumstances and say, you know what, I may be up to here in hot water, but my faith will not allow me to succumb to the storm. My faith will not allow me to push a panic button and run and hide. I will not have a breakdown, but I project and prophesy that there's a breakthrough in my immediate future because my faith tells me that something better is coming. The best is yet to come. Amen? That preaches good, doesn't it? It's the truth. And with that in mind, I also want to remind us of another reality that cannot be ignored or denied. And that is both inside and out. Let's be honest tonight and transparent. Both inside and outside of Christian circles, multitudes are indeed hurting. Physically, they're hurting. Financially, emotionally, and yes, I'm afraid, even spiritually. I know that it's not always easy to look through the storms of this life and see the sun shining again. But I re remind us tonight that while weeping may, yes, indeed, endure for a night, the best is yet to come. Joy cometh in the morning. Anybody believe that you're about to have a rendezvous with a brand new beginning? A fresh morning? And released to you is going to be mercies and grace and direction and purpose and God's plan revealed to you? Amen. But it's not always easy to see the sun when you're in the storm. The purpose of this message tonight is not to patronize or minimize life problems that we all have to deal with with some lighthearted remarks or sarcasm. No, life issues are real. It comes with built-in problems. See, I've said it before, but we come into this world naked. <laughs> you mentioned that word. Cold. Wet and hungry. And then it gets bad. Go figure. That's the harsh reality of life. There are seasons in this life that can be anything and everything but pleasant. They can be nasty. They can be ugly. They can be painful. Hey, they can even become deadly. That's the harsh reality of this life. Because life as we know it is a mixed bag. The good, the bad, the happy, the horrific. Tragedy, but also triumph. The happy the horrific, peaks and valleys. Somebody said, life is simple, it's just not easy. And sadly, there seems to be a class of people in society, and I'm afraid sometimes uh, even lingering in and around the church uh, who are controlled and dominated by doubts, unbelief, and fear who wants us to sing the anthem of the modern reality. You want to know what the modern reality is? To some people, gloom, doom, despair, agony on in, deep, dark depression, <laughs> not just misery, excessive. Going to get a witness don't blow your cover. If it wasn't for bad luck, 
Some would say, I'll just have no luck at all. It's just gloom and doom, despair. It, it dominates my life. The skeptical, and not just the skeptical, even the realists sometimes want us to believe that it is over. That our hopes and our dreams have long since vanished. That it's just a pipe dream. It's just wishful thinking. It's a deranged mentality that would ever declare that the best is yet to come. If anything, they want us to believe the worst is yet to come. Amen? They, they, they try to influence us and, and brainwash with this little idea that says, oh, that little phrase, the best is yet to come. It's nothing more than a cliche, just a little cute play on words spoken by somebody who's totally out of touch with reality, somebody who's mentally challenged. And many of them will contend that how can we bring ourselves to say it and actually believe it? The best is yet to come. But I believe there's a representation of people, and we're not running and shouting, but you're listening. But there's a class of people. There, there's a mixed multitude here, but there's a class. There's a remnant. There's a representation of people. It doesn't take much to light your fire. Amen. Preaching just kind of look in your direction. You say, I'm ready. Jump, shout, run, what? Just tell me. Amen. If you tell me that God's got something in my life that in store for me that I cannot even see myself and I'm having a hard time putting my faith around and wrapping my mouth, but if you'll tell me that God has said, Preacher, I'm on board with it. I believe it. If you'll just look at me in halfway... No, I'm here to tell somebody in a convincing fashion that God is speaking to some people in this house and he would have you to know that the worst is not yet to come, but it's the total opposite. The best is yet to come. God is about to dig you out of a deep, dark place. He's about to set you on a high place, a place of prominence, a place of power, a place of fresh anointing, a place of fresh vision. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Now you had your chance to party. I give you all the chance in the world to party where you wouldn't have to listen to me preach. But you don't want to party. Some of you don't want to listen. I'm teasing. I'm telling you, God is creating something in this house and it's going to be cause to celebrate in the coming days and weeks. Because you walk by faith and not by sight, not by feelings. Because the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of truth, is leading you and guiding you into more truth, into more revelation, into more light. And it's speaking, it's advertising to you that God is not through with my family. He's not through with my marriage. He's not through with my children. He's not through with my life. God is up to something. The best is yet to come. Can be seated. See, popular opinion by the secular and even sometimes the so-called religious world, they want us to believe, yes, that the worst is yet to It's bad and it's only going to get. How many has ever heard that? It's bad, but it's probably only going to get worse. 
Like the man who said the light at the end of my tunnel is probably an oncoming train. <laughs> he had faith. It's over. <laughs> I have no hope. It's Katie bar the door. Amen? But somebody needs to reverse that faith. And say, you know, for the first time in a long time, I'm beginning to see a flicker of hope. There's a little ray of sunshine that's beginning to break through the ominous dark clouds of despair and destruction. And something, I can see it, I can feel it, and I certainly believe it. The Word of God did not come tonight to tease me. It did not come to mislead me. But it's shining light on my pathway that God is about to release to me the answer I've been seeking for. See, these, these naysayers, these, these skeptics, these critics, uh, can I just speak for all of us? We refuse to sing their song and propagate their lies. I don't play by their rules. As the people of faith, as the people of victory, as the people of God, we march to a different beat. We sing a different song, and bless your little heart, we preach a different message. It's a message of faith, finality, hope, victory, triumph, direction, breakthroughs, deliverance, healing, salvation. A message that tells me the best is yet to come. The message that we preach is not a message of gloom, doom, despair, hopelessness. No, the songs we sing go something like he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart. That's the songs that we sing. The children of Zion sing a different song. And my Bible says, Blessed are the children of Zion who know the joyful sound. Amen. We sing a different song. A song that says, I've been delivered. The hope the devil had on me, he ain't got no more. I said, that's the kind of song we sing. Somebody in here needs to remind themselves that God broke the chains. He opened prison doors. He delivered you from alcohol, from all type of permissiveness. He, he delivered you from ruins and despair. I'm telling you, that's the song that we sing. We don't need to become silent. We need to sing our song. I have been delivered. I'm living the rest of my life in that revelation, in that truth, in that reality. The hope that he had on me, he ain't got no more. We're here with a different song than what some people sing. Not here with a negative dialogue that tells us that as the people of God, our best days are behind us. This message tonight hopefully will contradict such logic. If anything, the opposite is true. The glory, the prophet said, of the latter house will be greater than the former. Who said? He said. He said, let me put this in here. This is not me. He said, he said, all you religious heads, all you religious leaders, 
God's people, the Lord said it, that in this house there would be peace, there would be rest. In this house, the glory would be greater than the former, saith the Lord. So I believe it to be true. Something better is coming. The best is yet to come. He said the latter house will be greater than the former. It's going to be greater, better, more powerful. Not less, not weaker, but greater. A church that's gaining momentum. Can I remind you what the book said? At evening time there shall be light. That doesn't sound like less. Doesn't sound like a church that's on life support. In the last days, evening time, the shadows are lengthening. In the evening time, the days preceding the rapture of the church, he said, I want you to know what I see. I see light. Isaiah said, In the last days, darkness would cover the people, or gross darkness the earth, darkness the people, gross darkness, whatever. He just said there'd be darkness. Covering the faith, gross darkness, the people. He said, but at evening time, another writer said, there would be light. I choose to believe we're in the evening time. And the light is becoming brighter. Amen? I believe that God is expanding our borders. He said the glory was not minimized in the past. He just said it's going to be greater this time. Then before time, I look around and I see a church that's growing. Numerically, you're growing. But you're growing in faith, in consecration, in faithfulness, in expectation. It's not going to be long until the Lord will do what some have thought could not be done. Amen? There's a busting loose. There's a breaking out. Something is happening. It's going to be the mighty hand of God that stretches forth among this people. And people who have said no for years are going to change their answer. It's going to become yes. And people who have always said I don't think so are going to change their language till I think so. It can't be done. They're going to change it. It can be done. Oh, give him praise. It's going to happen. Light at evening time. Greater works than these shall you do, he said. He also said in the last days that God's people, those who do know their God. That's not just talking about a profession of faith and lip service. That word know, that means intimacy, relationship. Amen? Those that are intimate with Him are going to be strong. That's why He's going to say in the last judgment, Depart from me, your workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There, there was no relationship. There was no intimacy. Oh, but wait a minute. We prophesied in your name. We cast out devils. We did many, many. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't dispute them. Because what they were saying was, you mean you can, you, you can be used of God and not be intimate with God? You, you can be used in the gifts and you can cast out devils and preach good and this and that. Hello? According to that, it's possible. He said, depart from me your work. I never knew you. 
You claimed to know me, but it was all one-sided. I didn't know you. You spent more time with other things than you did with me. David talked about a secret place where one can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's always been a yearning and a burning in my spirit. God, lead me to that secret place, that place of intimacy, that place of personal relationship and devotion with you. That's why he said, my sheep know my voice. He didn't say lambs know my voice. Lambs are new converts. Lambs are people that's young in the Lord. But he said, it's the lamb, it's the sheep, it's the grown, it's the mature, it's the seasoned people that's walked with me for a while, that's been through trials and come out on the other side. Their faith has been tested. My sheep know my voice. The mature. You can know his voice. That's right. I want to know him. And the people that do know their God, that means there's going to be some that don't know him. But those that do know him will be strong, not weak, and they will do exploits. Did not Jesus say it? I've already said it. Greater works than these shall you do. Now, I'm preaching slower tonight, and I have probably in years, but that's all right. I've come with a positive word. Mm. We already have enough seed in us. The bread of life is broken every service here. Preached. The seed's the word of God. You've got enough seed in you right now for a miracle off the charts. You've got enough seed already in you, the makings of whatever you need God to do in your life. We don't need, oh, I just need to hear something I've never heard before. Well, good luck tonight. Maybe the next time one of these guys preach. But good luck tonight. Oh, I need something revelatory. I just need something outstanding. No, you need to get flat-footed and stand on the Word of God and said, He said it. Jesus said it. I believe it. That settles it. Come hell or high water, that settles it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, that still settles it. Mm. I've been to services, big meetings, and a preacher make a simple statement. I've I've had people to text me. He just said this. It was just a simple statement, and everybody went crazy. I'm not minimizing that. You know why? Because there is such a buildup and there's such an atmosphere and an attitude of faith and expectation that it doesn't have to be something revelatory. But everybody's hanging on every word. Hello? And I can go to a place locally. And I think turn a phrase, speak a word of revelation, and people are balancing their checkbook. Filling out their grocery list. <laughs> it's not that what I said wasn't good. It's just the climate wasn't ready. Hello? Because it doesn't matter if it's a thousand or two or three. If they're gathered together in his name in one mind, one accord, and they come to church hungry, and they come to church reaching, and they come to church connecting. It doesn't have to be the greatest sermon you've ever heard preached. 
Honey, if it's the word of God, there is no bad place in the message. You don't need a better sermon. You don't need a better pastor. And Brother Moore says amen to that. You just need a better understanding that God is speaking to somebody tonight. Now, I got sense enough to know not everybody is in that low place and in that valley and in that dark place and searching for direction, but some are. And God loves us enough and loves you enough that he'll just kind of bypass the full, the, the satisfied, the content. And he'll go look for that one lost person that's wandering, that's pondering, that sits in quandary. God, what should I do? And God said, I'll get to you later, but first things first. There's a lot of needs, but some needs have top priority. And he said, I'm going to minister to those that need to be reminded that my hand has never lifted from them. I've never took my eyes off of them. That what they have felt in prayer is not their imagination. The best is yet to come. It's going to be a cause to celebrate. It's going to be a cause to rejoice. I say let the redeemed of the Lord rejoice tonight. If there's anybody that wants to party, you want to celebrate because God is up to something, you ought to give Him praise right now. You can be seated for a few minutes. After the storm, meaning after the rain, comes the sunshine. Boy, I done got deep on you folks. Preaching over your head. Not really. It's simple. After the rain, the storm, the rainbow, a new day, a new beginning awaits. A bad day doesn't have to make for a bad life. The sun will shine again. Amen. God's loosening some things. I like what he said in Jeremiah 29 and 11. And I've heard apostolics tell me, oh, that's, that's the charismatics lollipop. They, they love to preach that. It's a prosperity gospel. I said, be careful lest you try to add or take away with your opinion because the book stands on its own merits and the Lord said it and if anybody ought to claim what I'm preaching tonight it ought to be people of the light it ought to be people of revelation it ought to be people who know that there is one God and Father of all who's above all, through all and in you all that there's one Lord, one faith, and only one baptism. It ought to be the people that know that Jesus is the Father, and Jesus is the Son, and Jesus is the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. If anybody ought to claim Jeremiah 29 and 11, it ought to be those who have a revelation that there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and these three are one. It ought to be people of holiness, people of separation, people who believes the book. Don't tell me how much you believe the Bible. You just pick and choose what you want to believe. No, believe it all. 
And God said to his people, I know my plans for you, saith the Lord. I know my plans I have for you, declare the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope. You read that and it gets quiet. Hello. I was preaching about the blessings of God in another state one time. And, and the senior pastor come up, and I, and I knew the guy. His boys was in my wedding. I started to say my funeral, but I hadn't had a funeral yet. It's in my wedding. Lord, I'm preaching about the best is yet to come, not the worst. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Like one lady in our church, she's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's about time to start some of that Jesus, 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 Jesus. Getting old, stumbled up here. And he was a good friend. I preached for him a lot. And he gets up behind me and he said, this preaching about blessings. He said, I don't need anything else. God's already blessed me. And I wanted to say, are you a knucklehead? Don't try to speak for everybody else. Just because you don't need the blessing, you think you're okay the way you are. Somebody in the house needed their faith resurrected. Amen. I don't apologize. I know my plans. And if you read, that's what the Lord is saying to Israel during this time of extreme difficulty for His people. Hey, listen, there's hope. The best is yet to come. I know you can't see it right now. I know it's hard to believe it right now. But I'm telling you my thoughts about you. Who are we to disagree with God? Hmm. No. And I've come to tell some folks tonight the best is yet to come. See, cradled in the mind of God are thoughts and plans to bless, to advance, to promote, and to prosper His people. Somebody said one time, it's not all about materialism. It's not all about money. And the same people that's making that statement are working overtime in two jobs. Never satisfied. Hello? I don't apologize if it's in the book. I'm preaching to bless people. But there are people, I've prophesied it before, and I feel it again. It's not in my notes. But there are people that I'm looking at across this building that exponentially you're going to be blessed beyond your wildest dreams. Because God can trust you with what you have now. Blessings. But I'm telling you, the blessings are about to enlarge. There's about to be an, oh, I'm saying the best. If you're satisfied with your level of finances, then more power to you. But as you are blessed, you're going to be a blessing. You've already been a blessing to this church and will continue to be as God blesses you. See, see. I'm just the messenger. You can be seated for a few minutes. The best is yet to come. Well, I, I don't want to get sidetracked. But, but there are needs in this house. Don't give up on God. There's a better day. 
there's a brighter tomorrow. Everything is still on schedule. Amen? Don't, don't cancel the party. Everything is on schedule. It still has your name on it. The psalmist David got a revelation. He said he has perfected that. He will perfect that which concerns me. Meaning that God will fulfill his plan, his purpose for my life. That there's an appointed time for everything. There's a time for every event under heaven. It's God who appoints the time and the seasons of life. This is a word for every person tonight in every place, in every circumstance, in every season of life. Can I tell somebody that God is greater than the evidence? We see the overwhelming evidence, but it's circumstantial. Mm. Abraham considered the evidence. He, he said, the Bible says, he considered not the deadness of his own body, neither Sarah's womb. He said, medically, biologically, it's impossible to procreate at our advanced age. I'm pushing 100 and she's almost 90. Bless her heart. And she said to Abraham, bless your heart. You got me about 10 years. If you think I look bad, look in the mirror. <laughs> I got news for you, Abraham. You ain't what you used to be either. Hello? But for 25 years, they've been holding on to a promise. The best is yet to come. And in Bible times, nothing was more humiliating, embarrassing. It was a reproach. It was almost like you had a curse on you if you could not have children. And 25 years earlier, God made a promise. And 25 years later, there has not been the fulfillment or the fruition of that promise. But all the while, they kept holding on. Something is going to happen. The best is yet to come. God is going to stand by His Word. He's not a God that He should lie. The evidence, he said, I'm just going to discount the evidence. I'm going to turn a blind eye to it. And I choose to believe that God is greater than the evidence. I want to tell somebody, I know what you're looking at. It doesn't look possible, but God is greater. And it's amazing to me, the Bible says he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He's having a party. He's celebrating a promise that has not been fulfilled. And most of us are waiting for the fulfillment before we get into a celebrating mode. But Abraham said, you know what? I'm going to praise God in advance. It's going to be a prophetic praise. Because in my heart, I know it's a done deal. It's just a matter of time until God turns some things around for some folks under the sound of my voice. I believe in every season of life, there's a special anointing that's released for that season. And it will keep you and sustain you. You was talking about the wilderness this morning, about walk. David said, yea, though I walk. David said, I'm in a wilderness, but I'm not like some people. I don't waller in mine. I walk in my wilderness. I walk through it. You don't have to ask any questions. Most people let you know what's going on. They'll tell you how tough it is, how bad they've got it. 
Hello? You don't even have to ask how they're feeling. They just volunteer the information. Y'all pray for me. Don't feel good. What's the matter? Uh, I don't know. Just kind of down and out. Well, you was down and out last service. You was down and out this time last year. You was down and out ten years ago. Well, some people are consistent. Amen. There's a time to weep. There's a time to kind of be down and almost out. But the key word being almost. Amen. There's a time to weep. And then there's a time to laugh. I preached a revival in Kentucky one time. We got there and, and there was a lady in the church. Ever, it didn't matter. We could have a Holy Ghost blowout. And, she, and everybody else is running and shouting and laughing. And she's over in the corner. I'm not making fun of her. God, hear me. Don't strike me dead. I'm not making fun of her. Every service, crying, moaning, crying, moaning, crying, moaning. Went back about a year later, crying, moaning, crying, moaning. There's a time to weep. And then there's a time to put away the handkerchief. And get up and celebrate. There's a time to ask, and then there's a time to receive. There's a time to knock, and then there's a time for the door to open. It has its part. It has its time. It's important. Put in your weeping. Put in your praying. But after a while, you got to do like David. He gets up and washes his face. Uh, and he said, now let's get back to business. Amen. Well, we're still going to drink coffee and eat cake after church. i got something to look forward to. Hello. Amen. No. God's speaking. I won't sleep tonight much. I'm going to say, God, what did you do to me tonight? I, you just been, I'm trying to get started and you're pulling me back. You won't let me, you won't let me take off. I, he said, just listen, it's not in my power anyway. Certainly not in my ability. As I speak it, somebody ought to believe it. Not because it's me, but because it's the word of the Lord. There's an appointed time for everything. Amen? And this word tonight is for somebody. It's for several people. It's for all of us. The best is yet to come. Regardless of the season, we know he's in control. And that the end of this matter will be better than the beginning. We all should draw strength and faith and hope from this scripture that the best is yet to come. It's not behind us. It's in front of us. Woo! Can, you tell, can I tell you what I... Boy, I am really out there. Somebody said, play it safe and wait till it happens before you divulge it. No, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I saw a little while ago. I don't know if I am or not. I don't believe you want to hear it. You say, I didn't see anything. It ain't about you. Hello? It ain't about your opinion. It ain't about my opinion. I'm telling you, around this altar, I just kind of looked back, and I saw a much larger building.
Maybe I was sent here this week to be a prophetic voice to this church. No, I'm not here downplaying what you have. Great church, great building, great people. But I'm here to tell you that what is being preached in this pulpit when I'm not around is not some preacher's wild imagination. Preacher after preacher, I believe I know what I feel, has come to this place and prophesied and preached that this is just the beginning, not the ending. That something better is coming. The best is yet to come. There's going to be more church, more revivals, more people, more people being saved. Praise Him. I don't know where you're going to build a new building, but it's going to happen. Because the Lord has decreed it. Because this sanctuary will not fill, will not hold the people that God is going to add to this congregation. I'm telling you, lift your voices right now. And give God the praise because God will do what He can do. When you do what you can do, keep doing it. Woo! I know what I saw. I saw a wide building, pretty long too. About, twi- about twice as many people there. Just like, just a glimpse. What do you see? If you think that's something, and and, and say, let me testify about what I'm seeing. You know, hey, can you imagine what God sees? Can you imagine His thoughts about this church, about His present and His future? He said it's to bless, it's to prosper, it's to advance the kingdom. He will not withhold any good thing from those who ask. It's still His good pleasure to give to His children the kingdom. And I don't have to, I'm going to let you be seated unless you, I didn't have you stand, but that's up to you. Just to let you know that God does show me things. And it does happen. I was here in January. My daughter's been out of church for almost five years. Last June, in a count meeting service out of state, my wife and I were there, and I lifted my hands. Our hearts were heavy. We were burdened, stayed burdened, our daughter. I closed my eyes, and as I closed my eyes, I saw my daughter standing in front of me. Her hands were lifted, my hand was on her forehead, and she was speaking in tongues. I saw it just like I'm looking at you. I haven't had many visions, but I've had a few, and God showed me. I turned to my wife, and I said, what we have been feeling in prayer, and what has been prophesied to us, and what I have prophesied, and what, what I have felt, and what you have felt in your spirit. I said, it's, it's worse than it's ever been. But I said, God knows just when to show up, and give us a little sneak preview, and give us a little reminder, a little nudge. It's on schedule. It's coming. Don't despair. Be oblivious to the obvious. Walk by faith. I hadn't forgot about what I promised you and God opened these eyes and I saw it 
And I said, honey, it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but when it's, when it's time, it's going to be a quick work. Almost an overnight turnaround. Just like Paul and Silas. Somewhere between good night and good morning. It happened. That was in June of last year. And it progressively got worse and worse and worse and worse. I told this story at the restaurant today. Mississippi talk. It got worser. And that's bad when it gets worser. Not just worse, but worser. About April, she walks into our home after working. And she said, I want y'all to pray for me. First time in almost five years she's wanted to pray. Because she was anti-God, anti-everything. Except sin. She didn't smoke in our house. And I'm just telling you what happened. She, she said, I'm quitting these cigarettes. She said, I got a lot of other problems. I want y'all to pray for me. I need God. My mind is made up. And we were expecting an all-night spiritual warfare. Tug of war. Casting out devils. Hello? You mean a preacher's kid? What planet have you been living on? It's the real world. We got more of our kids out of church than in church. Preachers and saints alike. That's not the will of God. But there's a restoration coming. They're prodigals returning. And the next one may be your baby. Doesn't matter how grown up, how old they get, how far away from God, they're still your baby. They're still your heartbeat, your love. We started praying with her. I closed my, when I opened my eyes, my hand was on her head. Her hands were in the air and she was speaking in tongues. What God had showed me nine months earlier, I saw it in the natural. Don't tell me that God is teasing us, that we're crazy and out of our mind. I'm telling you, I'm walking in the Spirit. How many want to walk in the Holy Ghost? How many want to see the unseen, hear the unheard, and feel the unfelt? Honey, you can have as much God as you want, as much as you're willing to pay the price for. Stand. Come on, everybody, stand. In less than 10 minutes, she's speaking in tongues. That Holy Ghost glow, that change of complexion started right here and went down. And the joy of the Lord filled her. When you make up your mind to live for God, the devil has to vacate the premise. The Holy Ghost shows up with an eviction notice and said, you're out of here, bud. 
He can't hang around where he's not wanted and where he's not welcome. I'm talking to somebody that's been struggling to find God, struggling to get the Holy Ghost. When you really make up your mind, I'm not going to straddle the fence, not a little here and a little there, but it's all the way for Jesus. Honey, that's when God's going to deliver you and fill you. Come on, musicians. Uh, I say to God be the glory she has not wavered one iota I'll address the elephant in the room with a lot of our children there's a pattern in for a while then out up and down in and out Immediately the devil wanted to jump on my shoulder and said, you've heard the birds sing before, you've seen this before. Didn't last the other two times, it won't last this time. And I said, devil, you know what? You're scared. I said, apparently you wasn't around when a sure word of prophecy came to me. Preacher calls me early one morning. He said, God woke me up at 2 o'clock. He said, I don't even know your daughter. don't even know her problem. But God woke me up and spoke to me at 2 o'clock and said, You tell them I will destroy that spirit. And this time, it will stick. She will stay. you can say there was a time you was kind of in and out and up and down but there came a time in your life uh, you made that commitment uh, and you've never looked back since uh, don't tell me it can't happen for our children the best is yet to come Woo. who's got a daughter in here that needs God You ought to shout it to the top of your voice. The best is yet to come. God's about to break those chains. God's about to change their mind, their priorities, their appetites. The sound of weeping and wailing was heard. Lamentation, Rachel. Weeping for her children. I'm telling you. Who's got sons that need God? Look at this. I've come to declare a war on bondage, indifference, sinful lifestyles, perversion, lust, pornography, false doctrine. You can get them out of perversion and in morality quicker than you can false doctrine. Wayne Huntley made a statement one time. He said, I've got one child, a daughter. He said, some of you are going to misunderstand me when I say this. He said, but I'm just telling you. He said, I had rather my daughter, she's going to walk away from truth. I'd rather her backslide and quit church than to leave this and go join a denominal church. 
He said it'll be harder to get out of that church than it is off a bar stool. Having a form of... Y'all know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, I, I see the hand of God reaching into the nominal ranks and false doctrine. And God massaging the hearts of sons and daughters in this church. And a light's going to come on and there's going to be a hunger that says, Hey, I've been deceiving myself. This is not where it's at. I know where it's at. Am I the Holy Ghost? I know where it's at. Like the prodigal, they know the way back home. And I prophesy to families in this house, your children are coming back. I wish somebody would celebrate it. I wish somebody would celebrate deliverances for sons and daughters, whether it be in false doctrine, whether it be in the depths of sin. They're coming. The best is yet to come. Come on, let's gather in. Let's celebrate it. It's happening. It's happening. No, we don't want them in denominal churches. We don't want them on the bar stool. We don't want them sitting at home drunk, drugged out of their mind. No, but some are. But they're not too far for God to reach. Nothing's too hard for God. <laughs> Come on, speak their name right now. <laughs> It would be a great day. It would be a celebration, a glorious day to see our children restored. And the same God, Brother Moore, that delivered my daughter, I've got to have faith. He's going to keep her. He's going to keep her in truth. No greater, no greater joy than to know that your children are walking in truth. I'm telling somebody there's a move about to hit this place in this region, in this community. The backsliders. Mm. <sighs> Look at somebody. Put them on the spot. Do you see it? God may show you a bit. He may not. See, the world says, seeing is believing. No, God says believing is seeing. The world says prove it, and I just might believe it. God says believe it, and I'll prove it. Woo! Do you see it? Sis, do you see it? You see it? You see it? You see it? See it? My God. You see it? Sister Moore, do you see it? Those siblings, loved ones, family members, do you see it? Ha ha! I was at an altar in Martinsville, Virginia one time praying for a loved one. 
that had walked away from God and God spoke to me said I am putting a hook in them and I will pull them back to me very soon and it wasn't long until they made a turnaround and they started going back to church and the next thing you hear hey did you hear so and so was renewed in the Holy Ghost I'm telling you what I felt the Lord speak to me I'm putting hooks in some sons and daughters they don't even know it right now what's about to hit them but God's going to draw I'm in the Holy Ghost I'm not bragging I'm in the Holy Ghost <laughs> somebody said, but you got to believe this and I know I'm preaching to the choir I'm preaching to seasoned people I'm preaching to sheep but there's a few lambs young convert but I'm here but you know what do you see it Do you see your marriage getting better? Your family getting better? Your health getting better? Well, we are out of the box. It's five after eight. I don't know what time y'all get out here on Sunday. I didn't come to church leaving. My favorite song is not, I've got leaving on my mind. Or I shall not be moved. Or singing and standing on the promises while we're sitting on the premises. No, 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 I'm telling you, it's right here. Somebody made a statement, or maybe it was, I don't know, you're closer now than you've ever been. Do you see it? Mm. Take somebody by the hand as they begin to sing. Come on, let's unite our faith. There's strength in numbers. Let's build a wall of resistance against the, the attacks of doubt and fear that come against us. God says, I'm giving you the ability to speak it. I'm giving you the ability to believe it. I'm giving you the ability to know This morning was not what we call a structured sermon. Tonight, you may say, well, it hadn't been really that structured. A little bit more structured. But God spoke this morning. He's speaking tonight. That there are indeed some phenomenal changes that's on the way. Your best days are not behind you. They lay ahead of you.